0: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Y Ministries. Great to be with you on this Wednesday morning. And we're going to have a, I believe, an amazing broadcast. So buckle in. Let's go. And I'm going to begin with, I wanted to start with some articles, but I think today what I'm going to do is get to the Word of God. So if you'll turn with me to the book of Proverbs, okay, I want to diagnose something today from the Word of God. I want to diagnose it very carefully and clearly, and we believe that this is an accurate word from the Lord, so it will give opportunity for some folks to come and join us on the air and Facebook and YouTube and uh, Omega Radio. People can listen there, watch there as well, and um, so we're going to be in Proverbs chapter one, and we're going to look at something as a diagnosis to a major crisis and a problem that's going on in our nation and around the world, and I want to view it properly, and so we're going to do that. I want to say good morning. I'm waiting for a dear friend to get on the air with me on this Wednesday morning because I want to say thank you so very much. We received a rather generous offering uh, to the ministry uh, from a dear friend that tunes in every day. It It was just a rich blessing, and we want to say thank you for that. Uh, to Charlotte Gotch. And I'm seeing Charlotte's with us right now. And Charlotte, thank you for your very uh, generous gift to this ministry. It was a real blessing to wake up this morning and see uh, that you had uh, given a donation. And we want to just say thank you personally uh, for that. And to all of our other friends out there who follow this ministry that have just, you know, wanted to support what we were doing, God bless you. And thank you also for giving to this work and you know who you are. More importantly, God knows who you are. And our only prayer could be that God blesses you richly for your giving into this ministry as you partner with it in prayer and in finances. So God bless you and thank you and may the reward of the Lord be double portioned in your lives, all who give. So I want to get to Proverbs and I want to uh, move forward in uh, what I, Tomorrow, as you know, January 6th is the one-year anniversary of what happened in Washington, D.C. The left calls it an insurrection, a day of insurrection. The left calls it the worst day in the history of the United States of America. All right, we have challenged that thought. We disagree completely. But the whole idea for this whole year was to understand, to think deeply about why they're doing that. You know, we did see some, some people get through the Capitol, into the Capitol, and we all viewed that. And so we noted that, but there were a few. But uh, the reality is, through video, we know that there were near a, a million people in Washington, D.C. that day. And the 99.999% of them were the most mild-mannered, gentle people. And what they did was they exploited a moment Uh, up on the Capitol steps. And so they created this idea. But the question was always why in the last year, why and how could someone have such hubris, if you will, to witness a year in 2020 or 2021, how could anybody have stood by and watched the violence that erupted in the cities of America uh, where we saw buildings on fire we saw people lost their businesses, people lost their lives, people were beaten severely, neighborhoods were terrorized, uh, roving gangs of, of, of wild men and women just, you know, we saw the images, and yet we couldn't figure out why on January 6th, when near a million people, maybe some people said it was a lot more than that, um, a million people showed up to support their president. And 99.999% of them, again, zero negativity at all. So why would they take a point of a percentage, half a point of a percentage, whatever it is, and focus on that and say that is the worst day in American history? Well, I think we have an answer today, the reason why that we have this going on. It's a major crisis, and we need to understand it. Tomorrow, you're going to see the left again talking about it. You're going to see all kinds of issues, uh, you know, being brought up. Uh, we're hearing reports of people that have been in jail since, uh, you know, the outbreak of January 6th, and they are close to death right now because they're not getting their medical needs met. Um, you know, there's a lot going on, but what is behind it all? Why demonize January 6th as the worst day in American history? And I believe we have an answer for you, okay? And I think the answer is, number one, spiritual truth, okay? The truth of spiritual things, to understand things behind the scenes, if you will. And we're going to get into that today. So uh, without further ado, I just want to get into what I want to share And I'm going to begin with Proverbs chapter 1 today. And again, I'm welcoming everybody to the broadcast. God bless you. And let's get into it. I want to go to Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20. And it says this. And hopefully you'll have your Bible with you today. And again, what we're doing is we're just diagnosing why They were extremely hypocritical after all that year of violence done in our nation, defecating on our city sidewalks and streets, tent cities, weapons, guns, holding neighborhoods hostage. How could a year of that be eclipsed by one day of a few people in the Capitol building And all of this excitement of the president leading a revolution and calling for violence, we didn't hear any of that. 99.999% of the people that were in Washington, D.C. a year ago, tomorrow, January 6th, had nothing to do with violent revolution, had nothing to do with insurrection. There were a few people out of the million or more that we're seeing doing something, but we know that there was a big story behind that as well. So the question was, well, what was this? Well, I think we finally have an answer. And I want to get into the answer, make it biblical, make it clear, and here's what it is. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20 says, Wisdom cries out. She utters her voice in the streets. She cries in the chief place of concourse. In the openings of the gates in the city, she utters her words, saying, How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? Now, I want to just show what the word simplicity means here. It's the pethy, foolishness, naivety. Okay, how long will you naive, foolish people love being naive and foolish? Well, it's a tough question, and the scorners, so how long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity, and the scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Now, we know what scorning basically is. Uh, It's the lotson in the Hebrew, but it's being, you know, putting in derision. It's making fun of, mocking, scoffing, that type of thing. And then we get to verse 23, Proverbs 123. We're diagnosing, we're analyzing, we're wanting to get an answer to how the the January 6th, it was supposedly the worst day in American history compared to a year of pure violence and hatred and anger. Okay, so we wanted to figure it out because we know it's ridiculous. We know it was hypocritical. It was just unbelievable. Verse 23 says, turn you at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no man regarded, but you have set at naught all my counsel and would none of my reproof. I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear comes as desolation, your destruction comes as a whirlwind. When distress and anguish come upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they hated knowledge, and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Now, let me just stop there for a moment. This is the answer to January 6, 2021. The left, the progressives, the socialists, communists, agenda, the globalists, whatever you want to call them, here in the United States, the left, they are afraid. They masquerade as triumphant warriors, but they are not. Waiting in the wings, waiting in the wings is an army of end-time warriors prepared for battle. Here's what we have come to understand, and it took one year to get the full, simple truth of why they demonized January 6th. I know about political persuasion, the Hegelian dialectic. I know about all those trickery things and schemes and so on and so forth. But the bottom line is they're afraid. And the reason why they're afraid, why the left is afraid, why members of Congress are afraid, why members of the Senate are afraid, why the judiciary is afraid, why Supreme Court justices are afraid, They are afraid because they chose not to fear the Lord. And because they did not choose the fear of the Lord, they are afraid of men. They are afraid of everything else beyond their exterior facade of being drunk with power, the Chuck Schumers, the Nancy Pelosi's, the bloodletting murderers that occupy positions of power, in Washington, D.C., and in capitals across this country, these people that are protected by other people and they are rich and wealthy and feel like they are gods, they are not. And what they know and what they saw on January 6th was a reality that hit them hard. Oh, they may exploit it for their own political persuasion and, and, and purposes, but what they really saw down deep beyond their facade in the depths of the interior of their hearts, they, saw, they were terrified. They were terrified of what they saw. And so they're doing everything in their power to never let that happen again. Arrest those individuals, put them in jail, make an example, bring lawsuits against President Trump, demonize those people, call them names, gather as many more people as they possibly can to insulate them, the masses of unsuspecting, foolish simple-minded people that get around these leftist, progressive leaders, quote-unquote, in our nation. And what the leaders do, they get in the center and let all these people surround them to protect them. But they saw something on January 6th. They saw what they fear the most. They saw the end of their power, trip that they have been on, even though nobody did a thing, except for those minor people up there instigated by Antifa and BLM and by FBI and other people that are supporting this whole movement. We know this. as fact. That's what we've seen. We also know that there was 99.999% of the people in Washington, D.C. had no, nothing in them of violence, hurting anybody, doing anything. Nobody got their Twitter and got personal information from Donald Trump saying, go get them. Never. So they're exploiting every little thing because they're terrified. I'm telling you, CNN is terrified. They don't know it. They don't act like it. They're bound in their homosexuality, Don Lemon and Anderson Cooper and all these sexists that are out there that you see, they're parading because they're deluded. They know if they ever look deep enough into their hearts, the fear that awaits them, they know it intrinsically down inside. They know that there's a day of accountability coming upon them. And if not in this earth, in, after they die, when they close their eyes, their souls will be held eternally accountable for their conduct before a holy God. They know this, but they also know that they saw something. So what they're all doing is they're drunk in their power because they feel like the people, the leftists that they've deceived are insulating them and protecting them. We got BLM, we got Antifa, we got this, we got that, and we're surrounded by these people. And so we feel like gods, but take away their covering, and they are not gods. Take away their covering, and they are mere mortal men. And when you take away all their wealth, and you take away all their positions of power that they were elected to, when you take it all away, they are nothing. They are not special. They are not above anybody. And they know this, and they saw on January 6th the reality that awaits them for their blasphemy, For their pride, for their arrogance, and I will say it again, all over this nation, waiting in the wings, is a military power that is just growing up and coming to maturity. And they know this. And they know that every single person that does not insulate them are the potential threat to their demise. They know this, and so they've tried to use fear. They tried to use terror. They tried to use tactics to put fear because they are afraid. They are terrorized. That's the truth. And you see, the enemy, he likes to come as uh, the children of Israel when they said, oh, there's giants in the land. And and the two came back and said, wait a second. We could take them. But most of the body, most of the children of Israel were terrified by the bad report. They were hearing the bad report. Now, those of us who understand that judgment is in the land and the reason why we're in the condition that we're in right now is because of judgment. That is a reality. This crisis, this thing that is going on is judgment. It's because people have not served the Lord. They have not given their hearts completely to the Lord. They have been compromised. They have been lukewarm. They've been sleepy. They've treated the things of God lightly. They've loved the world. They love pleasure. They love all these things. They have the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. They they didn't care about the negative, sinful things going on as long as they got their goods. And then they kind of found a way to manipulate their real desire for goods with the gospel, to go to church, give a little bit here and there. But they're really not all in because they've learned to compromise and they didn't even know that they were compromising because they never really took a genuine view into their hearts. Well, that's another story. But many people do know that right now the judgment is in our land the left, terrified. And God said in his word, They shall call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For, they, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of his counsel. They despise all his reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whoever hearkens unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. All right. So these people on the left have proven themselves to be evil. These are the ones, along with some Republicans and people on the right, if you want to go in that paradigm, that have promoted abortion and promoted homosexuality in our nation have promoted licentiousness and blasphemy in Hollywood and all that stuff. And we are, we are a saturated society with the most filthy things that could come out of the belly of the beast. Okay. We see that happening. It's a plan. It's a, it's a communistic plan. Flood the nation with pornography, flood the nation with innocent blood, do let the, you know, promote everything that God hates so that the people will fall in sin. We could enslave them and trap them because God is just. It's like a satanic knowing. It's an intelligence. And the people fell for it. They took the bait. They went for the flesh and the pleasure. And here we are. So, so, it is January 5th. Tomorrow is January 6th. And the problem that is happening right now is the people who are ter- terrified and fearful are the very people that are using fear and terror to, to, to keep the people away from what they're terrified of. But I'm here to tell you today that that's not going to work much longer. It just will not work much longer. I'm going to have to turn this off here. So I've got some calls coming in. Praise the Lord. got to take care of this business first with the kingdom and the king so I wanted to read you some verses real quick about the fear of the Lord what is the fear of the Lord if somebody has they they choose not the fear of the Lord they have none of this all right so let me just read a few verses out of the scriptures about the fear of the Lord and I'm going to start in Psalms okay that's a great place to start so because there, there are other scriptures on the fear of the Lord behind it, but here is Psalm nineteen verse nine. Let me just read a few of them. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. That's Psalm 19 verse 9. The fear of the Lord is clean. And that word clean there, because I like to see what they're talking about, is the tahor. It means pure in a physical, chemical, or moral sense, pure. So the fear of the Lord is pure. I love that. Psalm 34, verse 11, Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Psalm 111, verse 10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wow. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments, his praise endures forever. So the fear of the Lord is connected to doing what God says to do. Whether you're Adam and Mrs. Adam in the Garden of Eden and he gives you one commandment and says don't eat of that tree. Well, when you fear the Lord, you don't eat of that tree. If you don't fear the Lord, for whatever reason, you partake and you get judged. You can get 10 commandments, 613 jots and tittles of the law. You could have all kinds of ordinances and judgments, whether it be many or whether it be few. Okay. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And what is wisdom? The hakmah, the hakmah. And that means skill in war. See, we're in a war and we need wisdom. It is wisdom in administration we need to know how to administer the things of god it's shrewdness it's prudence it's just skillful wisdom wisely wit and we need that for the days we're living in because we're dealing with spiritual intelligences in every realm right and so we need this wisdom so where does it begin well the fear of the lord is the beginning of this wisdom Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. All right, so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. In Proverbs 129, for they that hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. We just read that. Proverbs 2, 5. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So finding the true knowledge of God is connected to the fear of the Lord. Very, very good. Proverbs 813. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Let me say that again. Proverbs 813. Here is what the fear of the Lord is it is to hate evil. Hate evil powerful. Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. God hates the froward mouth. And what is the froward mouth? Let's take a look at the word froward, what God hates, because I think that froward mouth is all over the world today. It's the the tafuka and it means a perversity or fraud. Perversity or fraud. You know, there's people that are speaking out of their mouths fraud. And perversion of the truth, they're twisting and perverting the truth. Okay? God hates that. He hates it with a passion. And so uh, let's go to Proverbs 9:10. "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So again, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How many times does he say this? Uh, Proverbs 10:27. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Interesting. The fear of the Lord prolongs your life. Proverbs 14, 26. In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. So who are going into the refuge? Those who fear the Lord. Those who fear God. Their children will have a refuge from the storm to come. The fear of the Lord is a strong confidence, boldness. The righteous are as bold as lions. In Proverbs 14, 27, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. Now think about the left. Think about these people that have supported and have uh, decreed unrighteous decrees legislated into law abominations they have no fear of god right they have no fear of god but it is a fountain of life to those who have the fear of the lord a fountain of life it is a strong confidence and all these other things we've just read it says in proverbs fifteen sixteen, better is little with the fear of the lord then great treasure and trouble therewith. You know what these leaders, these leftists, these progressives, these Nancy Pelosi's and Chuck Schumer types and all the rest of them, they have too much money. They have too much wealth. They haven't learned that just um, just a little bit is fine. A little bit is fine. I don't need millions and billions and trillions. I don't need it because there comes trouble with it, and it, it snares their souls, all right? So this was written by the richest man on the face of the earth, Solomon, by the way. Now, Proverbs 15, 33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. Wow. You see, the rich, the proud, the arrogant, um, they have no humility before God they don't humble themselves before the Lord which is a lack of wisdom because they don't choose the fear of the Lord so what will happen their own fear and terror will come upon them we'll get back to that in Proverbs 1 in just a moment in Proverbs chapter uh, 16 Proverbs sixteen six, by mercy and truth by mercy and truth is iniquity purged By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. We don't do what is evil, okay, because of the fear of the Lord. How good is the fear of the Lord? It's clean. It's pure. Look at all the benefits of the fear of God, keeping his commandments, doing what his word says. The whole new covenant is a Torah. It is Torah, Yeshua, made flesh. His words were instructions for life. And those who fear him, honor him, respect him, well, they have all this blessing that just begins in their fear of the Lord. And we'll see what that word fear means in just a moment. So we have in Proverbs 1923, 1923, the fear of the Lord tends to life. And he that has it shall abide satisfied he shall not be visited with evil the fear of the lord will cause one to abide and be satisfied with whatever they have been given of the lord and they shall not be visited with evil is it possible that a lot of things that don't go well is because that there's a lacking of the fear of the lord because people are not reading the new covenant Uh, uh, to get the instructions that God gave to them to live by that would promote life and health and prosperity of every kind, spirit, soul, and body. And maybe there's people just not fearing the Lord. They're saying, you know, I know it says to forgive, but I'm not going to do that. They really did me wrong. Well, that's not wisdom, and that's not the fear of the Lord. That's a lack of wisdom. So Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4, by humility and the fear of the Lord— are riches and honor and life. Now, the Nancy Pelosi's and the Chuck Schumer's who promote what is evil and abomination, their wealth didn't come from fearing the Lord. Their wealth came from doing what is evil, and that's why they're afraid. But here, by humility and the fear of the Lord, riches, honor, and life. Wow, what riches? Does it always have to be money? Or gold or silver? Or can the riches, the true riches, be wisdom, knowledge, understanding, quality of life, health, prosperity, blessing, spiritual richness? That's more important than anything, obviously. Proverbs 23, 17, let not your heart envy sinners. Let not your heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Don't envy sinners, but all day long let your heart be in the fear of the Lord. What a powerful verse. Isaiah 2.10. Enter into the rock and hide thee in the dust for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. He's telling people that don't fear him. You better hide. You better hide. And verse 19. They shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake terribly the earth. These are the people that have no fear of God that are going to be fearing God. You get it? Say that, see how it works? Verse 21, to go into the clefts of the rocks into the tops of the ragged rocks for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake terribly earth. He's going to rise. God's arising. And he's going to shake this earth mightily. And we know that's true. Isaiah eleven two. 2. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So that one who carries the spirit of God will have the fear of the Lord in them. And then we read in verse 11, uh, or excuse me, verse 3, Isaiah eleven three. 3. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Isaiah 33, 6. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. When we fear the Lord... We get all these blessings, right? And then in Acts chapter 9, verse 31, then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, they were multiplied. So in the book of Acts, the churches were walking, living in the fear of the Lord. So again, just a quick reminder, what did we hear? The fear of the Lord is clean he will teach us the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The people that did not choose the fear of the Lord are going to be made afraid by the Lord. The fear of the Lord, you find the knowledge of God. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom again. The fear of the Lord prolongs days The fear of the Lord is strong confidence. In the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. The the, the fear of the Lord is greater than treasure, than great treasure. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. Okay? So the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. The fear of the Lord tends to life. Humility and fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. The fear of the Lord, people walk in it all day long, okay? Don't envy sinners, but the fear of the Lord, walk in it all day long. Um, And and so we have this real biblical, spiritual reality. Now, the fear of the Lord, what does the word fear mean? What is the fear of the Lord? Well, in the Hebrew, the word fear is the urah, and it means Reverence, okay? But it also brings the word awesome or terrifying thing or one to be revered, one to be revered. So in the Ura, the Ura, the fear, the Ura um, is to have respect and reverence for God. You know, these People in positions of power, the Barack Obamas and all the others we're talking about, and there's so many more. You know, when you meet them, they demand respect. Hey, I'm the President of the United States. Hey, I'm the Speaker of the House. Hey, I'm a Senator. Hey, I'm I'm this. Hey, I'm that. You better respect my office. You better respect who I am. They don't deserve any respect. None. Zero. And they'll find that out very soon. But when it comes to God, these people that demand respect don't respect him. They issued a legal grant to shed innocent blood. They didn't respect God. When they passed laws out of the Supreme Court and destroyed the sanctity of marriage between a man and a woman, they didn't respect God. And yet they want respect. Don't come into our chambers on January 6th, don't come into our, 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 our city. Don't you do that? We want respect. They're terrified, folks. And that is the truth. And because they're afraid, they do crazy things like keep people in prison, that didn't kill anybody, didn't set anything on fire, didn't do much of anything. And if you thought their crime was bad, if you measure it to what happened for an entire year, it made no sense. But now we understand. And they have a right to be afraid. They chose not to fear God. So now God is releasing upon them his fear. And they know it. And it's waiting in the wings all over this nation. In this country, let alone Islam, China, Russia, they think they're, in, they think they're friends with China. They think they're, they're playing. They think, they, they think everything's okay. They don't know the fear of the Lord. And because they don't fear God, they're blinded and they think they're okay. So tomorrow's going to be a big day, January 6th, about all this conversation. fear the Lord today? Do I fear the Lord today? Yes. We fear him. We fear God. Jesus told us, do not fear them who can kill the body, but after that have nothing more they can do. But I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him who after he kills can cast both body and soul into hell. The Holy Spirit of the living God He can begin to move some things, and I believe he is, and I believe there's a stirring beginning to happen, and there's an end-time army of scattered bones that he's bringing back together again, and he makes it an army. And what I'm referring to is in Ezekiel chapter 37. I'd like to read it. In Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 1 The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord. And he set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can you imagine being transported into a valley and throughout the entire valley are just dry, dead bones? Just bones. And then God asked him a question, can these bones live? I answered, O Lord God, you know, said the prophet Ezekiel. Again, he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and I prophesied as I prophesied there was a noise and behold a shaking and the bones came together bone to his bone. And when I beheld lo the sinews and the flesh came upon them And the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. You see, right now, all over this earth, the Bible says that we are the bone of his bone, and we are the flesh of his flesh. And many of the bones in the body have been dried up and are laying around doing nothing. They're just laying down in the open valley. But the Spirit of the Lord is coming to the Ecclesia today, and he is beginning to prophesy unto these bones. And he's saying to them, you shall live, and the wind is coming, and breath is coming. And how do they stand up? Not as a great choir, as a great army for an end-time epic battle, possessing the weapons of war to dismantle those who are terrified. Oh, yeah, it's got to happen. It has to happen. And, of course, when it happens, it will be the undoing of many nations around the world and out of the ashes shall rise a final beast kingdom and we understand that but even after that final beast kingdom rises there are others waiting in the wings for another moment standing on mount zion with the lamb of god waiting Revelation 19, the Lord returns with his armies and judges and makes war. That event is still ahead of us. What's getting ready to happen in the United States of America and in some other countries around the world is the spirit of the Lord is beginning to breathe upon those dead, dry bones that are basically doing nothing, and he's about to bring them together. And as they gather together by the spirit of the Lord, which the left has been terrified of, Because they know if we divide, we conquer. So keep them apart, throw them in jail, put them in fear. But God has a plan. And it's happening as we speak. The bone of his bone is coming together. The Lord's not going to be mocked forever. The Lord's not going to be scorned forever. And the day is coming that the succeeding great army that rises, you touch one, you touch all. And what they saw on January 6th, made them go potty in their pants. That's the best way to say it. They went potty. And they and, and, and leaked down their leg from their diapers. These big babies that play games against God. That's the nicest way I could possibly say that. And so the terror of God is about to meet them. The fear that they fear is about to come upon them. That's what the Word of God says. When your fear comes upon you. And it's coming. They don't know where it's coming from. You could say China, Russia, you know, Islam. You could say, you know, a domestic thing. You know, but they really don't know it's coming from the Lord. See, they, they in, in in what they do know intrinsically, deeply, but they refuse it because they're in such ignorance and darkness because they have blasphemed God and hated God and they don't respect him at all, then God has every right to raise up whomsoever he will to execute the judgment upon these people, to bind their kings with fetters of iron and their nobles with chains. Psalm 149. A lot of Christians are like dead, dry bones laying down in the valley, not knowing what to do. We're not supposed to do anything. We don't know what to do. Life is coming into the bones of the body of Christ, they're afraid, and rightfully so, they should fear. They should have feared the Lord, and they should have not done what they did. And because they did, they know, and I believe it, I've said it years ago, Washington, D.C. will be decapitated. We've used that phraseology since 2008 that a great strike is coming against the heart of the United States of America. And when that they puncture the heart, the whole body is going to die. The organs, the systems of the body will die. And I believe that great strike is Washington, D.C., and I believe they're going to be decapitated, and I think it's going to happen. Say, well, that's the head. Yeah, I guess it is. They're going to puncture the heart of this nation, and they're going to decapitate leadership in this country. And, you know, the federal government already knows this. The federal government already put out a two-hour documentary on the History Channel six times where they showed a nuclear bomb going off in Washington, D.C. between 9 a.m. and 10 a.m. fall morning, and it's interesting that they showed that nuclear blast going on at least 20 times each program, and they played it six times. That's 120 images of a nuclear bomb. It was done by Homeland Security. And they showed how the COG, the continuity of government documentation, was in place so that when terrorists take out uh, the leadership of the nation, there'll be a a dark, shadowy government that will come to power that they got all lined up and all that stuff. They showed the whole thing because they know. They've known it for years. It's closer now than when we believed. And only God knows the day and the hour of such an event. You shouldn't be afraid if you fear the Lord. If you fear the Lord, you you will dwell in safety. If you fear the Lord, you'll be kept in a refuge. If you fear God and your life is uh, showed that you fear him, you have nothing to fear. Nothing. Not from God and not from the devil. The only thing you fear is the respect and honor for your papa. He will not be mocked. He will not be mocked. And there's been a lot of mocking and a lot of disrespect. And these people, you think they pottied on January 6th? Wait till you see what comes out of them next. Truth. So what do they got to do? They got to put everybody in fear. They, this is their tactic. They're afraid. And that's all I wanted to tell you today. They Are afraid you don't have to be afraid if you fear the Lord you feared the right source they're afraid and their fear drives them to madness like locking people up for a year doing with the mouth of the beast of the media the news over and over that bad 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 day what they're really saying is we're so terrified of what we saw we better do something And now it's time. It's time. The multiplication of January 6th. 20 times, 30 times. What was there? It's time. And you think all this last year that they've been doing their thing, they're so afraid of Donald Trump coming back there. They have all these external or surface fears. But what they really fear is God, and they don't know it. They are terrified. Next time you hear somebody talking about all these bad things of January 6th, understand why they're doing it. They're afraid. They're afraid of the people they saw there. They're afraid of what they know could happen to them. But they've insulated themselves with Army, FBI, CIA, and these people unknowingly, foolishly protecting these people in leadership. They're about as much leadership as, uh, gosh, I don't know, Mickey Mouse uh, operate. Well, maybe Mickey Mouse would actually be a better leader than these leftist progressives because, really, he's got more intelligence than they do, I think, pretty sure. These people aren't leaders they are ungodly sinners. And if they don't fear God, what's coming upon them, their fear cometh. But they have they think that they're in control. They really think that they've got the power. And because they've insulated themselves with all these people, they think they're safe. God's going to strip them naked very soon. And you think the tough guys Antifa, BLM, running through, burning fires. There was nobody resisting them except Mr. Rittenhouse. He resisted them. A 17-year-old boy. There was no resistance. Antifa is not tough. Black Lives Matter group is not tough. They're not tough. They went without any resistance. And when one little 17-year-old boy, the last time I checked, David was about 17 when he took the giant down. Uh, One 17-year-old boy, he resisted them, and they saw a result they really didn't want to see. So my point today, just, you know, in talking, um, there's something coming. Really, really, really big. And... You don't need to be afraid because you fear the Lord. And that's all I wanted to say. And I may have spoken too long on the issue. I don't know. But anyways, that's my thought. Um, I could go on to some breaking deadly vaccination news. Uh, this is coming out of the news media. Many are wondering why some geographic areas, such as those surrounding Silicon Valley, are not seeing nearly as many adverse reactions to the vax as other areas, with Prudential reporting an 87% increase in deaths, benefits, paid out in the third quarter of 2021. Wow. Compared to the third quarter of 2020, Pacific Life and Annuity is reporting that claims are up by over 80% and other insurers reporting increases of between 12 and 40%. Well, according to Dr. Jane Ruby, we the people of planet Earth are being subjected to mass unethical drug testing without informed consent against all ethical and regulatory rules, tests that are supposed to be reserved for rats and mice. Dr. Ruby joins Stu Peters to relay how she spent three hours with researchers who have been painstakingly identifying the lot numbers of the most deadly vials that are now in circulation. She says that hackers were able to break into the systems of Pfizer and Moderna, and the researchers were able to put together a comprehensive list of all the lots and the code numbers of the most toxic batches. According to the hackers, 5% of the batches have generated the 21,000 deaths reported to VAERS. She says that in the Moderna analysis, the death rate in the United States was 10 times higher than in the EU, and that the EU had 10 times more disabilities as compared with the U.S. She says it is clear that this was by design. So that's just one little type of thing here. Um, This was from Prophecy News Watch. Forced vaccinations threaten your freedom and Christianity. David Horowitz, has been warning Americans that leftist agenda items like forced vaccinations are the opening salvo in their real target, banning Christianity and the Bible. So this is about control, not public health, he says. The far left wants to control you, your kids, your religion. This famous Jewish thinker reveals his latest warning. So remember, The first thing they did during the COVID lockdowns was to close churches and synagogues. They shut down churches as these same blue state COVID demagogues allowed masks and maskless protests after George Floyd. Remember that? They closed down almost every business in America but kept open bars and abortion clinics. Remember that? Now the Biden administration and the woke left are embracing a radical new approach called forced vaccinations. Don't get me wrong, everyone at risk should get there immediately. But the science clearly shows that if you have already have had COVID or you are young and healthy, the virus is like any other flu. Mortality is almost zero. Zero. But Biden and the CDC are racing to force vaccinations among the military, school teachers, employees of private companies, even our children, even if they're healthy and not in a risk group. Why? Well, according to this article, it's about control. That's right, because when you're afraid, you have to control the people. More than 300 people crowded into a small tent in Martha's Vineyard. The media reported wild music, dancing, and no one wearing masks. This was just two weeks after Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats sought to arrest Republican congressmen who did not wear masks even after they had been vaccinated. So if you don't see the shocking hypocrisy of the left and their real agenda in this, you should stop reading or hearing this article. Make no mistake about it, the left's anti-Christian, anti-Semitic agenda is being ramped up dramatically. And it's frightening. Think about it. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, actually banned private home Bible studies with okaying mass BLM protests and worse. This is a sickening violation of religious freedom. It is a threat to Christianity. And I am Jewish, said the writer. I have authored numerous New York Times bestsellers, but my book, Dark Agenda, The War to Destroy Christian America, is the most important. My book reveals the left's dangerous agenda against Christianity. When I began research for the book, I thought this war against Christians would be sometime in the future. Instead, I found that Obama and others had already started this war. Now they are accelerating their power grab to systematically dismantle religion and banish God from the lips, minds, and hearts of the faithful. Remove his holy name from our civil society, even destroying religious symbols and artifacts along the way. Think about this. The media was so proud of tens of thousands of BLM protesters last year who rampaged through our cities, and yet in San Francisco, the Roman Catholic Archdiocese was slapped with a cease and desist order saying some churches violated a local plan on large outdoor gatherings. Some churches were even fined and threatened with criminal prosecution for holding services outdoors with social distancing and masks. Under critical race theory, the BLM protests are good, even if they violate public health orders. But if Christians want to meet and pray, that's bad and evil. Oh, but it does get worse. Unable to attend worship services, people are becoming disconnected and distanced from their faith. But the Constitution provides you with a basic and unlimited freedom of religion. So this new war on Christianity using COVID demonstrates the Constitution doesn't matter, that you can't worship as a right, and you must follow orders made up by the leftist officials. Everything you need to know about what is happening is exposed inside Dark Agenda. That's the book. I am deeply troubled by what I see, said the author. You you may remember this. Bill Mayer shouting death to religion on national TV. Death to religion. Monuments in Washington whitewashed of God and prayer. Religious crosses confiscated. Lenten ashes on children's foreheads being scrubbed off at school. Prayer in school being ruled unconstitutional overnight. So whether you do or don't remember any of the above, please keep listening. This is serious stuff. Our faith and our ability to worship freely is in serious jeopardy. If you're a person of faith, this directly impacts you, your family, friends, and loved ones, and it's terrifying. Every day, the writing on the wall becomes clearer. Listen. Hatred is growing in our nation toward Jews and Christians being spread like wildfire. Why? What is behind this evil movement? Everything you need to know is in the book. Uh, The Dark Agenda has rocked the media and political world. Tucker Carlson said he couldn't put the book down. Tucker said you must read this disturbing but vital book. Mike Huckabee has urged every Christian to get and read this book. Governor Huckabee said this book was the best one he had ever read defending Christians. It was written by a Jew. Praise the Lord. Glenn Beck reports Dark Agenda reveals a dangerous situation we all face. So, I'm going to stop right there. And just suffice it to say, there's a book you could read called Dark Agenda. And uh, the facts are in it. Um, There's a lot of interesting information. It goes throughout names and policies, et cetera, et cetera. All right. Well, praise the Lord. Let's uh, take a look what's going on in the real world. I've got some calls coming in I'm going to take in just a moment. I want to read just a little bit what's going on in our uh, chat room. And we have Kevin Hauger saying good morning and happy birthday to you. Thank you, Kevin. That's a real shift from what we've been talking about. I appreciate that. God bless you. Charlotte Gotch. good morning. Happy birthday. Thank you, Charlotte. And again, thank you for blessing our ministry. Pastor Melissa Fletcher, good morning, Church. Happy birthday, Pastor Vincent. May your day be filled with many blessings. I received that. Thank you very much. I really will look forward to enjoying walking in the peace of God and the joy of the Lord. Uh, Cindy Bestman, good morning, Pastor Vincent. Xavier, happy birthday. Have a wonderful, blessed day. Thank you, Cindy, for the blessing. Jody King from Sarasota, Florida, writes in, we are now coming on Jekyll Island in Georgia to place six top bankers secretly meant to create the Federal Reserve in 1910 to control our money system. One world order at work. We are getting ready to go into the building where they had the meeting on the water. There was no way on the island except the ferry back, then very, very secretive meeting. Hey, Jekyll Island, that's where our journey began with reading uh, about that meeting on Jekyll Island. That's fascinating. How's the weather there? Is it pretty? What's it look like? We may be visiting Jekyll Island ourselves pretty soon um anyways happy birthday my daughter danielle happy birthday papa vincent coming from danielle and athena hi thank you danielle and athena grace god bless you both Uh, sean hoback happy birthday pastor vincent thank you lisa hubbard happy birthday sean you're a good man god bless you miracles signs and wonders for you we believe it why not god is good In Jesus' name. Uh, Again, Lisa Hubbard saying happy uh, birthday. Thank you, Lisa. God bless your heart and appreciate the blessing. Uh, Sandra Matlow, good morning, Pastor Xavier. Good morning, Sandra. God bless you. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. And your video frozen. I only hear your voice. Okay, that's okay. I'm sorry about that. Maybe just as well. Uh, Sandra Matlow, Jesus is coming back soon. Yes, he is. Um, And there's agreement there. Shirley Woolsey, happy birthday, pastor. Hope to be in Arkansas next week. All right. We'll look forward to seeing Shirley and Mike. God bless you both. We'll look forward to seeing you as well. Diana Langford, I heard a minister speak recently and said, America is God's chosen people and not Israel. Please comment. Nah. I think, you know, every person to the Jew first and then to the Gentile, It says in Ephesians that we were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. Many many are called and few are chosen. Many are called, few are chosen. Um, I believe that the one new man in Ephesians chapter 2 made up of the Jew and the Gentile where the middle wall of perdition was broken down. And he made of the two, the Jew and the Gentile, one new man. That one new man is Christ. It is a in-Christed man. It's not a Jewish man. It's not a Gentile man. It is Christ, for he is the head, Christ, and we are the bone of his bone, the flesh of his flesh. So I believe the chosen uh, of God, the true chosen people, are made up of Jews and Gentiles. They are the one new man in the earth. America may have been a nation that God had. Uh, selected to do some work, and they did do a great job for a period of time, but have done what all other nations have done, including Israel as a nation. They condescended down into the abyss of sin and blasphemy. The only true nation on earth is the one holy nation that the Apostle Peter talked about. There's only one holy nation. Those are the people of God, the Jew and the Gentile, gathered together, one nation, In the spirit, they are kingdom-minded, has nothing to do with earthly, natural things. Anybody who is born again is brought up and out of the earthly, temporary realm into the heavenly, eternal realm and learn to live their lives in the spirit, by the spirit, walk in the spirit, and therein is a chosen people, a chosen nation, a chosen generation. That's my take on it. Um, Let's see. We have weather cool uh, from Jody. And I I really do hope that helped, Diana. Um, And we could talk about it further if we need to. Praise the Lord. Uh, Sandra is saying you need to get Patricia on here and let her preach to us as women out here would love to hear her preach. Patricia, did you hear that? They want you on the air. You know, I told her two days ago, Sandra, I said, you know what, Patricia, you need to get on the air. You are seasoned. You are mature. And you have a message. You need to get out there. I think that's a confirmation right there. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. She's one great preacher. I love that. I hope she heard. All right, so those are our comments. And Sandra, uh, excuse me, uh, Jody Keene saying, weather is a little cool, a little rain, a break from hot Florida. Wow. Okay. We'll see you. We'll see you all real soon, by the way. Let's take a phone call coming in from area code 916. Two zero three. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air.
2: Good morning, Pastor V. Happy birthday.
0: Hey, Brother Mark. Thank you. Appreciate that.
2: You're welcome, sir. So I have a couple comments. Uh, you were talking about the vaccination. I just want to comment on that really briefly, but then move on to what I actually called about. Okay. I have a neighbor up the street from me who really basically was perfectly healthy, functionally healthy, before he went and took the vaccine a few months ago. Now, a few months later, he is really desperately ill. He's I, I, Obviously, I'm not going to name names or talk about what his health issues are, but he's really, really sick. He has life-threatening illnesses and just between you and I and the lamppost, I blame the vaccine for his illness. That's all I have to say about that. Okay. But, uh, what I really wanted to call about is I- I'd like to discuss for a moment the concept of the fear of the Lord. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that my comments will perhaps ratify what you have been preaching this morning. When I was a non-believer, years ago and and the, in the decades before that in in my life i lived a lifestyle of daily sinful behavior abject sin i mean really bad sin on purpose consciously violating the laws of god committing sins life, left and right and um, it was not a good thing now I did have deep in my soul a fear and a, a low grade and sometimes a very intense, but a chronic low grade anxiety that lived in my blood, which I couldn't get away from. And because I had this low grade constant anxiety, I was constantly seeking to meditate myself against that anxiety. And the way that I used to medicate myself was to commit more sin. That's kind of like the alcoholic who is so uncomfortable when he doesn't drink, and he goes ahead and takes a drink just to ease his pain, but taking the drink is the source of the pain. A very, very, very horrible, powerful, far and deep-reaching human catch-22. And a lot of people, I'm pretty sure, are in that spiritual condition today. My own dad, my biological father, did the same thing. His habit was to commit grief and sins daily, every day, every activity. Every word of his mouth was blasphemous to the Lord God. Every moment, every movement that he made was blasphemous and sinful and shame. And my dad, similarly, suffered a very, very deep very chronic, very present anxiety that he used to tell me about. And he used to tell me, my dad would tell me that the reason that he would drink so much is to try to resolve his anxiety. So well, there you go. There's that human catch-22 again. My point in saying all this and my point in offering a little bit of personal testimony is that human beings know Human, being, human beings are born with a very, very deep down in their soul knowledge that if they don't do right by God, then they're just simply not doing right. And they're subject to God's wrath in one form or another. Humans know this. Whether they're willing to admit it or confess it or even look at it, that's another question. So in our United States of America, We have the left, we have the Democrats, we have the leftist politicians who are, deep down inside, afraid. They're not afraid of the Lord, but they are afraid. Just like you said, and the reason that they're afraid, just as you said, Pastor, is because they are committing sin. They're committing sin against the nation. They're committing sin against the uh population of the United States of America and they are absolutely committing sin against the Lord God. So I think oh gosh, I've lost my train of thought, Pastor. Let me just take a moment to regain it here because I got interrupted. The fear I'm of thinking, the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I I got it back. It didn't take long. I got it back. (laughs) When I was a non-believer, years ago when I was a non-believer and I was deeply steeped in the practice of sin every day, I did come across a passage or two that was pointed out to me by folks around me who were believers. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Well, I rejected that scripture because... The word fear, to me, was a very, very unpleasant thing. It's like, well, why would, I, why would I put myself in a position to voluntarily be afraid of anyone? I did not have anything like the understanding that we have today of what fear of the Lord actually is. And that's because I had no Holy Spirit working in my life, or at least not that I could be aware of. So the long and the short of it, brother, pastor, my friend, happy birthday again, is that my wife and I are so extremely grateful that we have landed here, that we are going to the new wine ministry church, that we have been understanding and been exposed to and inhabited by the Holy Spirit, because that's what needed to happen. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit in a person's life that gives them the guidance to step away from a daily routine of abject sin. And without that Holy Spirit presence, oh, wow, woe unto, woe be unto a person. Well, sir, I think that's my story, and I am sticking to it. Uh,
0: okay, you should write a book called This Is My Story, I'm Sticking To It. I bet it would be a <laughs> masterpiece of a book. All right, brother, thank you, and thank you for the warm regards and the wishes uh, today for the birthday, and thank you for your comments. Always appreciated.
2: Thank you, Pastor.
0: Have a blessed day, my friend. You too. God
2: bless you, brother. God bless you. you.
0: Shalom. You're welcome. All right, so there we have some calls. Hey, if you're wanting to call into the broadcast, the number to call is on the screen, 818-369-0326. You know, as Mark was talking about respect and fearing the Lord and honoring him, um, you know, we read those scriptures. and We go, okay, it's all these different things. Did you ever imagine walking down a street? You're walking down a street. Maybe you're, uh, you know, going through, maybe you're in Washington, D.C., and you're going past the White House, somebody's house. If okay? so you're in a neighborhood, you walk past someone's house, and you're drinking a big drink or something, and you take your trash and you throw it in their yard. It's not respect. That's not respecting that place, right? Um, whether it's the White House, you do it there. They're gonna, you're, you know, you do something, throw a trash. They got you on video. You're gonna be fined. You do it in some your neighbor's yard. He's probably a little ticked off at you. And so, respecting God, fearing the Lord, is just not doing anything to disrespect Him. And how do we disrespect God? Well, we read His book. And God, what what offends you? You know, what what. What is it it's not good? Now, a lot of things of the instructions that God has given us are not for his well-being. It's for our well-being. It's he created us in a manner in which if we, we, we work best when we do what he said. In other words, his commandments are more like prescriptions from a great physician. And he says, here, do this, and this is how you're going to have an abundant life. And if you don't do this, you're probably not going to have an abundant life, but it doesn't change me. I mean, I am who I am. Yeah, there's a day of justice and all that, but by your respecting me, you will have a great life. By you honoring me, you will have a great life, and it will be eternal. So if you know anything that you're doing that does not respect God, and you know, you're smoking cigarettes, you're putting smoke into your lungs. I know it's not what goes into the body that defiles it, but he was talking about food there and their legalism with that whole thing. Uh, you know, you're smoking marijuana. You're you're doing. You're drinking excessively alcohol and getting drunk, like was just mentioned. Um, you know, you're 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 fornicating with other people uh, outside the marriage covenant. You're you're watching pornography. You're letting lust demons into your spirit. Um, you are you know, slandering somebody behind their back. You're gossiping. Uh, you're holding a grudge. You're not forgiving. You're not going to the brother who offended you. If you're just not doing what God says, what it does, it poisons your own soul. It poisons your own soul. And the disrespect and the dishonor is that you didn't do what God said, so now you're suffering for it. And if you don't get out of it, if you don't repent, right, Well, you get stuck in that forever, that's not a good thing. So I know we're way down the road. We're way down the line on these things. We're waiting for your call, 818-369-0326. It is January 5th, 2022, Um, and... We may have run our course today, which is fine with me. I see Jose Villas. Greetings from Everett, Washington. Hey, Jose, how you doing, my friend? God bless you. How is it going in Everett, Washington? Are the passes open? And we needed to ask a few other friends about that. Um, well, Diana, you're welcome for the explanation. I hope it was a good one. I had another man, right, me. wanted to talk to, he said, you know, there's a lot of talk about preterism. Would you discuss that? And I think we will. We'll get into that conversation Preterism is basically a belief that everything written in the Bible has already been fulfilled. And uh, unfortunately, I've got some friends that believe this doctrine, and it's, um, it's not real healthy for them. I don't sense a healthy spiritual environment going on in their souls. Um, but we'll talk about preterism because obviously there's a lot of Bible prophecy that has not yet been fulfilled. We're moving towards that moment, and we need to be aware of it. And having said that, I think that's where I want to leave the preterist uh, at the moment. So, okay, I think we're good. I think we're done. We've come to our moments. I want you to have a super blessed day. God bless you, and thank you for your warm wishes towards me. I appreciate them. And uh, we're going to go celebrate our day, and you have a super blessed day, and we'll see you, Lord willing, tomorrow. By the way, keep our friends Kathy and Brian in prayer. Keep Pastor Jeff Bass in prayer. And please keep Pastor Kevin and Nancy Honeycutt in prayer. Keep them in prayer. Uh, They need your undergirding right now so that they can go through. The word of the Lord is they're going to come out better than when they went into this trial. And um, let me, oh, hey, guess what? We have a special guest calling in right now. Patricia Joy Xavier, my beloved wife. Good morning, Patricia. Did you hear that Sandra said you need to be on the air? You need to start teaching. Yes, my dear, I did
1: hear it. And I am considering it deeply. I want to be perfectly led by the Spirit. And I, I do know that confirmation is part of that being led. So I'm, I'm taking it to heart. But more than that, I want to wish you, the most precious husband, a wonderful, wonderful birthday today. That all your needs be met of the living Christ who mm-hmm. raised you up. Fifty-nine years ago, to be on this planet and on this earth have done all of us a wonderful favor by doing so. In spite of all of the difficulties in your life, growing up as a young man, he touched you and he turned you into a wonderful minister, a wonderful prophet, and a wonderful man. And I, for one, rejoice in that, and I thank him so very much. May God bless this day abundantly. From this moment on into eternity, it keeps getting better every day. I love
0: you. I love you, too, and I appreciate that. You're my best friend in the whole wide world, and I know you're making my day very, very special, and I appreciate you, Patricia Joy, and value Uh, your friendship and our relationship. What a journey it's been, huh, Patricia Joy? Coming up on 30 years where you and I have been serving the Lord together, and you are truly an inspiration of the body of Christ, and you've certainly been an inspiration to me. So I'm looking forward to whatever you have planned for today. I'm getting excited about it, and uh, we have (laughs) such a great family, and I'm looking forward to what the rest of the day is going to bring. So thank you, my dear. God bless you. you.
1: You have a natural family that loves you very much and a spiritual family that loves you very much, and they're all entwined as one. And this is the greatest gift of all. Truly it is. But to bring an idea, to bring the understanding of marriage and what it entails, you mentioned it perfectly. It's the deepest friendship that two people could have. And it makes it everything that God created it to be and very worthwhile. So be great friends with one another. Those that are listening with your spouse, be their very best friend and not their enemy. And you will see great mighty things happen in your life. And the Lord is looking all over the earth for that kind of wisdom.
0: Amen. Amen. Again, that's just a little foretaste of the instruction for marriages. God bless you, Patricia Joy. What a great word to all of our listeners out there today. And I'm going to get off the air, and we're going to start a day, and praise the Lord. Looking forward to it. Amen,
1: dear husband, dear friend.
0: All right, darling. We love you. I love you. Shalom. And she went bye-bye. Folks, that's it for me today. Have a super blessed day. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. And um, what more can we say? God bless you.
1: With Lucky Lands Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere.